If you don't mind, I will take a glass of orange juice over ice. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Ramen Shop Detective Agency's podcast. If you are listening to this in the audio format, this was indeed the 40 Hunts Fridays podcast. Now we are called the Ramen Shop Detective Agency. If you want full context onto why that happened, it's not too deep, it's not too crazy, but the full context text and uh context and story about that is in episode zero it's the previous episode of this so welcome back guys how you doing hope everyone's having a good time have a seat grab a drink grab something to eat maybe you're eating a bowl of ramen right now we are just going to be talking about nerd shit i feel like talking about we're going back to basics going back to the roots sticking to our guns and like I said before, I was probably going to do something Yu Yu Hakusho related still for this first episode anyway. And yeah, we will. Uh, we're just going to be going over my, my my thoughts of the live action. I talked about it a little bit in the episode zero, but I'll give a little more, uh, get a little more in depth with it. Talk about what I liked about it, what I didn't like, what I loved, what I hated, all the in between and we'll have like a good little talk about that. Nothing too crazy, nothing too crazy. But I do have some quick news I want to talk about just, just to update y'all. Um, in terms of what I'm watching, MAPPA, who makes way too many anime than they should, <laughs> have been uh, releasing an original series. Uh, that's something that's not based on like a light novel or a manga. Something they have created in studio called Buchi Giri. Um... It's weird. Uh, I don't want to give too much context of it because I think it is best to go in blind. I went in relatively blind. I just remember seeing like the teaser trailer for it like a while back and it had like no context to it. There was like no dialogue or anything. It was just kind of like music in the background with various scenes. The animation's really nice, which you can expect uh, eight, nine times out of ten when it comes to MAPPA. Uh, story's really weird it's only like three episodes in as of this recording and uh i would say like if you are a fan of jojo's you'll probably get a kick out of this i don't think it's quite as wacky or bizarre uh, so to speak as jojo's but it is kind of on that end of the spectrum when it comes to the way the anime tells its story and expresses itself via its action the action scenes are pretty cool too it's been interesting so far i'm letting it rock seeing where it's going and let's see how it goes. So check out uh, Bucci Giddy. I've also been watching Pluto. I know I'm late on that because that's been done. But man, it is is it good? I've been trying to catch up on a lot, a lot of animes, a lot of shows, a lot of movies while I have the free time. And uh, been watching like an episode of Pluto a day. I'm like halfway through it now. I think I have f- three or four more episodes left. It's like eight episodes. I've been watching like an episode a day here and there. Uh, really good. Um, I, I can tell the writing is good, but it makes me really care about the robots and like this borderline between like what it truly is to be like human and things of that nature. So it, it has been phenomenal. Uh, everything people have said about Pluto uh, in terms of like its positive reception have been absolutely true. So check it out if you haven't. It is definitely like a, a different retelling of the Astro Boy uh, kind of concepts and storylines. I believe that's what it's based off of because it was a manga series before. Uh, definitely makes me want to read the manga series. It is like a mystery kind of thing too. And if you know me, you know I love mysteries. So that's been good. Uh, on the topic of robots, I've been watching, I believe it's called Metallic Rouge. 
that one's uh, that one's been good so far. It's three episodes in, so I'd say give that a shot too. And I'm watching other stuff, but we can talk about those other times. Um, <laughs> in terms of games, I finally hopped on the Boulder's Gate 3 train. I've been playing it for like two weeks now, and I am absolutely obsessed. <laughs> I, I get it. I get why it was game of the year uh, for 2023. I get why it came out uh, even here in the hype of early access it's just like holy shit okay i hear the buzz game came out okay i hear the buzz i hear the buzz um and the only reason why i didn't buy it when it first came out was because it was kind of like that elden ring situation where it was getting so much love not that i was like oh i'm gonna be a hater but because i knew the fact that it was getting so much love and what everybody was saying about it i was like if i play this now I will play nothing else <laughs> and there's so many other games i want to play and the only reason why i'm playing it now because i was gonna wait till i got through all my other stuff this year through the list is because i have gaps in time before the next game i'm going to play on my uh my 2024 list is rebirth so i've been doing a new game plus of reunion and final fantasy 7 remake and in between that so i'll do like a chapter because the chapters are really quick to get through because all my stuff carried over. I'm just replaying for the story, not for the challenge. So I'll do like a chapter or two of that, and then I'm like, okay, I'll play Boulder's Gate 3 for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I'm just gonna be doing that until I'm done with my playthroughs, my replaythroughs, and then I'm just gonna be on Boulder's Gate 3 entirely until Rebirth comes out. Then I'll be playing uh, the Yakuza games, Man Who Erased His Name, and uh, Infinite Wealth. I've been hearing Infinite Wealth is great, besides the the new game plus being locked to buying a premium edition that's 15 extra dollars. That is utterly ridiculous, Sega. We'll talk about that another time, probably around the time I do get to the Yakuza games. Probably have episodes based off the stuff I'm playing, like uh, Final Fantasy, the remake series, um, Yakuza, Persona, because I'm gonna hop into Relo Persona 3 Reload, uh, Persona 4 Golden, uh, do a my third playthrough ever of persona 5 it'll be my second royal playthrough so it'll be my first time new game plusing that strikers and then i'll play tactica for the first time on the road to uh metaphor i believe it's called uh re-metaphor fantasy something like that you know the the new atlas game that's coming out new trails game is coming out sometime this year in america the first of the the kisuke series the trail through trails through daybreak we've talked about that so, a lot of games to play, uh, and as you can see, I'm very fond of the RPGs. I did get Grand Blue Fan uh, Fantasy vs. Rising. Great game. Uh, I never played the original launch of it, but everyone that did and has now been playing Rising has said they have improved the game by leaps and bounds. So, I'll take their word for it, because I, I am loving Rising. I am still loving Street Fighter VI. I am still loving King of Fighters XV. Uh, when I have the time again, the time and money open to me, I will be picking up Tekken 8. You know I gotta play as my boy Steve Fox, so I'm looking forward to that. Been hearing great things about Tekken 8. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> a lot going on in terms of games, what I'm watching and stuff, but I'll get to them when I get to them. We'll have short little episode talks about that. And that's kind of what I want to boil it down to, less newsy stuff and just more like talking about things I like and enjoy. And also less about things I really, really don't like. Every now and then we'll probably have something around that. But that's what we'll be doing, which leads me into the discussion 
of the live action Yu Yu Hakusho. Clearly I'm talking about it because I am a huge Yu Yu Hakusho fan of people from the podcast uh, know that I love Yu Yu Hakusho. I talk about it every now and then all the time. <laughs> every now and then all the time. All the time I talk about Yu Yu Hakusho. I always try to find a way to bring it up. I was getting my buddy Ryan into it. You know, I, I try to get as many people as I can to watch the show. And even if they don't like it, I mean, you know, at least I tried. Uh, but for the YouTube channel, you you guys know that uh, Ramen Shop Detective Agency was built to be a Yu Yu Hakusho channel originally. And now it's just mainly a nerd culture thing that I'm going for, but we still will be talking a lot of Yu Yu's, so what better way to start it than to talk about something Yu Yu Hakusho related, like the live action. The very, very, very divisive live action. Uh, I've seen a lot of takes all across the board, honestly, when it comes down to the live action Yu Yu. Uh, I've seen people say they, they liked aspects of it, but overall they didn't like it. I've heard people say it was all right for what it was. I've heard people say they actually really did enjoy it. I've heard people say they hated it. I've heard people give reasons for why they've hated it. I've heard people give nothing for really why they hated it. I've heard people give reasons for why they loved it. I've heard people give absolutely no reason for why they loved it. And you know, but mainly the, the main split, I've heard everything across the board, but the main split I've heard is you either love it or hate it. So I am happy that we got this project out and I'm hearing various different opinions from the fandom, from people who maybe watched the anime or read the manga a long time ago, and from people who have never consumed the media before still have all these different takes on the show. I'm so glad about that because I've talked about how, especially nowadays, I feel we live in a world where, where it comes to media, especially with anime, the way anime culture is, I'm glad it's booming. I'm glad it's becoming more of a mainstream thing because that means there's being more support to the industry, especially in the West. And I kind of like that idea that we can get stuff easy. It's because it's becoming more mainstream that we have the simulcast, the simul dubs and stuff like that. So like official translations that we don't have to rely on fan translations, finding a grainy YouTube, <laughs> the, the, the days of YouTube where you got to find episode 24, part one, part two, part three. Oh no, part three got taken down. I got to go to another person's YouTube channel and find the portion of the episode that I was on to finish. You know, those were fun days and we can look back on them fondly, but I'm so glad we don't have to do that shit anymore. <laughs> but also, what comes with the territory of something becoming mainstream is that you have, you know, the fanboy fans, the, the kind of like poser fans that do it for the aesthetic and the, the cred. Of course those people exist, but I don't think they exist to the extent people make them out to be. But then we do also have this pushing of just certain really like generic baseline trends or actions, like the idea of, uh, you either like this thing or you hate this thing. There is no in-between. And that's been going on with everything in general nowadays. Music, games, movies, comic shows, everything you can think of. Uh, but especially with anime, I feel. I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to anime, uh, they'll either tell you, this anime is good. It's the greatest thing ever. You should watch it. And if you don't like it, you suck. Or it's, this anime is trash. And if you like it, you have horrible taste in anime. I don't understand how you like this. 
there's there's not a lot of varying opinions there's a lot of uh, solid youtubers like anime youtubers who still can give a very varied and nuanced critique and opinion of things and i appreciate that this is more going on with the general fan base so that being said uh my take on the yu yu Hakusho live action is a very 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 take uh just to get it out of the way, I said this last episode, but overall, I did like the live action. I, I came out of it with a positive uh, reception. I had a positive experience with it. I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. Is it great? No, not in my opinion, it's not great. It's good. For what it is, it's good. That's where I sit. I'm very in the middle on this. There are things I really like about it. There are things I think are okay. There are things that I'm like, eh, it kind of bugs me, but I can let it go. And then there are some things that I really don't like about it. You know, so let's get, it, get into that. And then, you know, I want to talk about what I would change with it. So first and foremost, I think the first episode is by far the best of the five we got. The live action is five episodes. And it pretty much uh, does this mutated amalgamation <laughs> of uh, early portions of what is considered the spirit detective saga of Yu Yu Hakusho. For Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, for people who aren't big fans of Yu Yu Hakusho, the spirit detective saga uh, is what fans would call the first season of Yu Yu Hakusho. So episodes like 1 through 28, something around that part that portion it's like from the beginning of the story till right before the dark tournament is what is encapsulates the, the 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 spirit detective saga you have yusuke dying getting his life back solving the early cases going into gang, meeting genkai uh the four saint beast and uh rescuing yukina in their first encounter with the Takoro brothers that's the spirit detective saga it's called a saga because it's various cases all linked together in this one season. It's the early career of Yusuke. So they take early portions of that. And when I say early, I mean very, very early. Uh, like not even half the stuff that happens in the saga. Well, kind of, because they're also, they they take the, the early Spirit Detective Saga stuff, like up until like the second-ish case. And then when you get to the third case, which would have been like, the Genkai tournament. I consider that the third case. His first case technically is that very early thing where he first gets his life back. That's like kind of like his initiation. And then you have the the three monsters with Kurama, Hiei, and Goki. They adapt that pretty well. And then it's near the end of that arc with the three monsters that it starts changing. Like the fight with Hiei is very different. Uh, and then they go into the Genkai arc. But that's when the story starts taking a drastic turn for its own kind of storytelling. And we've already had bits and pieces in the series in the background be very different too. But this is like the big, big like, oh, this is different. What the fuck? And they do have the Yukina rescue, but they kind of mix it. They pretty much mix in Dark Tournament concepts. I don't even want to say they mix the Dark Tournament in. Just little aspects and characters and things from the Dark Tournament, like Hanging Neck Island, uh, Karasu and Bui are there, and it, it it just kind of becomes its own thing from there, which is why I would consider this, some people are like, oh, it ruins the legacy of the show. I don't agree with that. 
I wouldn't say it ruins the legacy of the show, I just consider this an alternate universe retelling of the story. So you have the main Yu Yu Hakusho universe, so I guess you could say like you got your manga continuity, your anime continuity, because there are differences between the anime and the manga, especially once we get up to Three Kings, there's some big fucking differences. And then you're gonna have your live action continuity. And so I would consider these three different universes essentially for the same story. This is just the most drastically different universe. But the first episode, uh, going back to it, is is fantastic. Uh, it is, again, best of the five, in my opinion. It establishes the early vibes and feel of what Yu Yu Hakusho is really well. If you did, by the way, if you if anyone disagrees with me, that is perfectly fine. Just be nice, be respectful in the comments. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. I'm not saying you have to like this show. I'm just saying come with like actual reasons why. Don't say like, yeah, it's shit. All live action is shit. Because first of all, that's not true. There's vast majority of live action that's bad. I I will not deny that. <laughs> but there have been some solid ones, and I think this one is okay. It borderlines in the middling section. It's not great. It's not bad. It's very okay. Uh, but I, I think everyone has to agree this first episode was really well done. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the scene where he gets hit by the car, like it, it's kind of different. There's differences, but they still pretty much tell that the same chain of storyline events, uh, Yusuke, you know, going through his day being seen as like this hoodlum and kicked out of school, meeting up with uh, Keiko talking to him, uh, Kegel's like, I wish you were dead, though. And I was just like, damn, you really sealed this boy's feet. Uh, Yusuke does help the kid playing ball uh, in this crowded street area they're in. But the reason why the, the car is speeding down the road is very different than the anime and the manga. The original story, this guy's just driving down the road really fast and he's not paying attention to the kid. But the kid also wandered into the street when he wasn't supposed to. So it's kind of just like... Oh no, bad, wrong place at the wrong time kind of setup, freak accident kind of th deal. And Yusuke jumps in and saves the kid uh, after he warned him. But this time, it's just kind of like this crowded street area and they introduce the Makai insects in this too. They take a role because of uh, the, uh, the aspects of the demon tunnel. So now we're even taking shit. It was intended Sakio wanted to open a tunnel to demon world but after he won the dark tournament he wanted to get a machine that could do it but it's also taking that idea of like the demon portal being really really fucking big like in chapter black <laughs> and uh so the makai insects which i mean we've seen those in the four same beasts another little aspect of things being taken from an arc but not really being fully utilized and the insect kind of infected the dude and it caused him to drive out of control. And he's driving like a uh, like a truck. Like he's like a truck driver guy. Uh, and it's it goes into this this street corner area where there's all these different shops and stuff and people just walk around. So it's not normally a place you would see a car driving. So as it's speeding in, this kid just kind of stands there frightened like a deer in the headlights. Yusuke pushes him out of the way and he gets hit by this car bro this truck it is in it fucking hits him he goes flying and then it like rolls him over <laughs> it's like gnarly like I was like holy fuck and my roommate and I were just 
we we started laughing because it was so unexpected i wasn't expecting it to be that intense i thought he was just gonna get hit by a car and that was the end of it you know <laughs> and that's how you, you, the episode the the opening of the show really uh starts out uh yusuke meets botan botan's bubbly uh like a lot of people said i think she's a little too cutesy and bubbly she doesn't kind of have like that witty charm side to her that the 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 character in the the anime and the manga have but i think overall it's serviceable it's fine i would have liked to see more of her but also again i feel like the anime really uh utilizes botan more often in the the spirit detective saga than the manga did like like i said she wasn't there during certain events like when they uh when Yusuke and Kuwabara went to rescue Yukina, Botan was not present in that part of the story at all. <laughs> like, like, Yusuke and Kuwabara just went by themselves. The fight against uh, the Demon Triad was, like, so much more of a stomp in the manga than it was in the anime. They make it an episode in the anime, and they make it, like, oh, no, a little challenge, and they get around it really quick. So they already seemed pretty easy to beat, but in the manga, bro, they get like, Goku Monkeen doesn't even get a chapter. The chapter starts and he's already knocked down. <laughs> like, so, it, you know, things like that, uh, Botan's not really present for. So if, could be a thing in season two, maybe they might use Botan more if they get one. I don't I don't know the status of this show as of now or if they even plan on it the way they, they laid the show out. Uh, but Botan was good. Koema. Another thing people complained about was that Koema was always in his adult form. We never saw a baby Koema. But I'm going to let that slide purely because I don't think any of us want to see a CGI baby Koema. I, I, I don't. I really don't think we want to see that. And the CGI in this show wasn't awful. Uh, sometimes it looked pretty fucking solid. Like, the scene of Yusuke getting hit by the car looked really good with like the edits and effects that they had uh certain like like goki like when he goes into his like full ogre form looks really cool i thought they did a good job with that but then there's some stuff that's kind of like iffy like the spirit gun looks a little weird in my opinion it doesn't look bad but i'm like i don't know why they chose to make it look like that uh i know people complained about the the, the raikin the spirit sword being blue and not uh the orangish yellow color that it's supposed to be but i'm chalking that up to the idea of that they're they're making they're establishing that spirit energy is usually blue and demon energy is usually red i think that's what they were going for in general because early yu Hakusho animation like people had energies of all varying colors there were scenes where in season one where yusuke had like red aura outline and it's not, and it wasn't supposed to be alluding that he was part demon, even though we kind of can use, uh, we can, we can headcanon that together and it kind of fits. I don't think that was the intention. I just think they, it, you know, it's early animation. They didn't really have those ideas locked in kind of like how Tagashi hadn't officially like clarified certain aspects of things in the manga, but it's not like a retcon. It's more of like, let me just make this clearer and an explanation with the reiki and the yoki so maybe that was the idea they're like we're drawing the line here like yo reiki is usually reiki spirit energy is usually blue 
and then yoki yokai or demon energy is usually red so i think that was supposed to be the idea of it if they get more seasons and this is shown to be the case with other demon enemies that they go against okay that's probably what it was maybe like if they establish like a season two and they take more concepts like kuwabara's spirit sword turning into the jigen toe let's say like in the live action that happens in like a season two i assume they would just go straight for sensui after this and his jigen toe is the yellow orangish color it's supposed to be like in the anime maybe that'd be the idea it's supposed to be like this technique that's almost considered on the class of like sacred energy and then they can show sensui sacred energy and it's like that golden yellow color maybe that'd be the idea that'd be cool but this is me like thinking for them <laughs> so i don't know but you know weird weird liberal uh choices here going on but things that i did like uh i'm just rambling random thoughts let's talk about things that i did like about the live action i think the main four pretty solid casting are they the best at acting as the characters no i wouldn't say so except the dude that did kuwabara i should have looked up the names of the actors i am sorry about that i should have looked them up but the guy who did kuwabara i think he did a bang up job and as the the cool the number one kuwabara fanboy in the universe that is that is me i think uh he did the character justice more so than the live action did i feel like they could have gave kuwabara more moments in the live action but it's fine you know he he still shows that that kuwabara uh heart of gold so i i i can let it slide um a lot of people said yusuke's uh actor was kind of stiff and like uh he just kind of played this hard ass character and not the actual yusuke being a smart ass i think he did fine I think it's more so the idea that he, they show that he's kind of like this delinquent outcast, but he does have nice aspects about him. Like he's nice to Keiko. Uh, he'll do the right thing when it comes to helping like kids. Like he still stopped Yoki or uh, Goki from eating the fucking children with the orb of boss. <laughs> um, and he still can be a good guy he was a little tense he wasn't like cracking a lot of jokes but i feel like that's because he is he, the character in the live action maybe they're establishing he's not quite opened up yet because they do they speed through it tremendously fast the whole genkai portion like insanely quick it's ridiculous like am i really supposed to care <laughs> like that's that's one of the things i got to criticize for but we'll get to that when we talk about genkai in a second but they even established that that idea of the wall of emotions him not opening up more and being better with that and so maybe if they get a season two with sensui we'll see a better established yusuke he has more of like a a rapport with hiei and karama the rivalry rivalry between him and kuwabara has become more of a friendship at that point like maybe there'll be a short jump in time between the seasons and so we can see Yusuke being more friendly with these people because he knows them better and then he can start doing the jokes. But I think the guy did an overall solid job. Uh, going back to Kuwabara, the guy who did Kuwabara, fantastic. <laughs> um, I think he he was the best at portraying his character out of anyone else in the live action. <laughs> I think he did such a good job. He was really like loud and bombastic 
and he still had that that caring nature side that Kuwabara has with the friends. I believed it. Like I was like, okay, he sold me. He sold me. Guys, and get over the hair, please. Because they could have probably done his pompadour. And y'all would have fucking hated the way it looked in, in live action. I just know you would have. You would have found something to complain about because you wanted to dislike the show. The people complaining about it are the people who would have found any reason to dislike it. So I think that's why they went with a more modern Pompadour-esque style because that is a style of Pompadour that he has in the live action. It's just more modern to the times that we live in now. Uh, but yeah, he, he did a good job. Uh... And while they changed up how he got his spirit sword, I still like how he got his spirit sword in the live action. So when we get to Genkai, we'll talk about all that stuff because the Genkai stuff is literally just one episode. It's episode three. <laughs> uh, Hie, uh, very edgelordy. Guy, guy did it. Guy, the guy did the edgelordy thing. I know people were making fun of the dude's appearance. He did look a little funny in the Hiei getup. Like it, it was kind of hard to believe he was Hiei judging by the look. But I think overall, in terms of the character being represented in the live action and the way he was supposed to bounce off the other people, the other actors in the live action, I think he did, I think he did a good job. I think it's less of the actor himself that people have an issue with and more of like how the show was done in regards to Hiei's character and certain things that were done to receive certain things. Like the way he got his Jagan eye, yeah, I'm kind of not vibing with that either. That's another thing I don't like. They didn't need to make that the thing of him getting his eye, but I can see where they were going with the, the, the misdirect of what was gonna happen at the, I think it's at the end of episode three or the start of episode four, at, around that point where we're, we're getting to the finale. But we'll talk more about that. But I think he did all right out of the four. It's probably like my least favorite portrayal. And that's not because he is my least favorite of the four. And before anyone says anything, I've said this before, he's my least favorite of the four. He's still in my top 10 favorite characters in Yu Yu Show. Don't get it twisted. I, I still really like Hiei. It's just, if I had to pick which one I liked the least out of the main four dudes, gonna be Hiei. Uh, it's Kuwabara, Yusuke, Kurama, Hiei for me. That's the order. Speaking of Kurama, uh, the Kurama dude did a solid job too. Uh, I think he did just as good as the, the actor that played Yusuke, uh, where he was pretty stiff in certain aspects. But I think with a season two, we'll get to see more of that like softer side of Kurama character like that he's a really gentle dude but he will not hesitate to edge you in the most horrifying way possible if you ever step to him uh he said it himself in the manga and in the anime kurama is the most cutthroat when it comes to like the four main characters like even he has like some sense of honor and the way he fights people whereas kurama will be like oh Word? Cool. I'm gonna keep you in this illusionary plant forever <laughs> because of the dirty shit you pulled on me. That you you done set me off. <laughs> like I, I, I kinda love that about Karama. So I, I think the guy that played him for this point, I think he did I I do think it's funny 
that that one thing I noted, like my roommate and I noted that I think was funny about the live action was when Kurama's in the, you know, his his classic getup of like his school uniform outfit with the long flowing red hair. Uh, in the live action, that's not his school outfit <laughs> because he changes when he visits his mom in the hospital to like a different set of school clothes. So in the live action, I'm like, wait, is that just supposed to be what he wears? <laughs> like, so it kind of threw me off. And another thing I will, I, I will dig it for is everyone at Yusuke's middle school, everyone's aged up too, by the way. So in the live action, they're in high school, which I think is fine. I don't really mind or care about that much, about that very much, especially since they're like speeding up the story event. So if we do get a season two and a season three, it's probably going to be very fast, just like how season one was. Uh, but, you know, uh, in their middle school, everyone wears the, the blue. All the boys wear the blue school uniform, like how Kuwabara has, just kind of like a darker blue. Kuwabara's is like a, a, a different shade of blue. But Yusuke wears a green school jumpsuit outfit. But in the live action, a lot of people had a similar colored school outfit to Yusuke's. And Kuwabara's was more of the standout one. So I thought that was a little weird. But it's one of those eh things where I'm just like, eh, whatever. You know, it's not that huge of a deal. It is kind of like, eh, that bugs me. But, you know, details, details. They've already made a lot of changes. Um, but yeah, Karama's outfit. I thought, I thought that was weird. But uh, I will say... When Karama Karama had one of the coolest fucking fight scenes in the live action, hands down. Like uh, the CG was a little iffy here and there on that fight scene, but I think they choreographed it really well, so it worked. Like he was he was whipping around, flying, dodging bombs. I was like, I feel it. I was actually rocking with it a lot when they got to that. And then he he uh, he went Yoko. He uh, for for our dub fans, but um. For the dub boys, Yoko Karama, you guys know he went to his true, his his previous self, his full power when he was the the yokai fox, uh, and that shit caught me off guard. I mean, we already knew it was happening in the trailer, so that's why everyone was like, "Oh, they're they're going through this quick." Uh, but that that's the main four. Botan, I think, did a solid job. Like I said before, Yusuke's mom in the live action did a solid job. She's around. Uh, Koema's live action did a solid job. Sakio's guy, I think, did pretty good at portraying who Sakio was. They do play into the 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 gambler aspect of Sakio a lot in this. Like he he he's always talking about like, bro, I don't lose bets, bro. And he puts gun the gun to his head and he pulls the trigger and it doesn't fire and shit like that. Uh, um. They do have the Black Black Club. They're just not as heavily mentioned. Uh, the guy who did Tagoro, the guy who did Elder Tagoro was awesome. Uh, he did a rad job portraying Elder Tagoro. Uh, the guy who did Younger Tagoro again, it's kind of like the Hiei thing. I think it's less the actor and more so like the way they did stuff in the live action about Tagoro. But I think they did an okay job with him too. It's just it. It does feel like they wasted a character <laughs> because he's dead. It's season one and Yusuke already beat Tagoro. The crumbling death scene, I think they did a solid job with that. Um, 
Don't like that it was in a warehouse rather than the dark tournament's destroyed ruins. But what are you gonna do, you know? So, I did, I, I think the cast did a solid job. I think the fight scenes for the most part are pretty solid. Uh, the, the first episode, phenomenal. The second episode, really solid. The third episode, uh, mm, <laughs> and then episodes four and five, once you get past like, oh, this is gonna be really different, uh, episode three, I think are fine for what they were going for. So overall, I think the show did fine. Now, what did I really not like about the show? Um, it's not a lot, but they're like big things to me. For one, yeah, I think the pacing of this is really weird. I think they took the idea of like, we're gonna mash all this together and kind of make our own storyline for this. And this is season one. I think it, they, I think they were scared of getting canceled real early because you know, with live actions, I've talked about the live action Cowboy Bebop before and other stuff of that nature. They're not received well, but then that leaves me to the idea of just like, then why fucking do it if you don't think this is going to work and you're that scared? But so I, I could be wrong, but I think the reason why they did it how they did it is because let's say they're not ever getting a second season. This is it. They're done. Um, at least they can say they told a storyline with a, a, a beginning, middle and end. There's not a lot of like hanging threads. There is that Easter egg of like, oh, Elder Tagoro survived being punched into the stratosphere by younger Tagoro. Yes, they still had that scene and I'm glad they did it. Like I said, the dude who played Elder Tagoro, honestly, best portrayed villain in the show. <laughs> like he, he fucking, he fucking nailed it. Um, but in terms of like that storyline of Yusuke getting his life back, meeting Karama and Hiei, capturing Goki, Sakio and younger Tagoro, you know, the important one and, and all of that. They, they, they did it. They told that story and they're going home and that could be the end of it. And if they don't get a second season, cool. We told a storyline. It's kind of like a really long movie. <laughs> like, um, but if they do get a second season, they still have plenty material, plenty of material to pull from and work from and make another amalgamation of like whatever storyline they want to do, like their own storyline, uh, for chapter black. You know, they could still incorporate certain demons that weren't shown, like the four same beast, various demons from the, the dark tournament, and uh, even, um, you know, the psychics from Chapter Black, the Sense V7. Uh, that's where I think they would definitely go straight towards in Season 2. Because if they did like a full on dark tournament in season two, it'd be weird because Tagoro isn't there. He is the, the, the linchpin of the dark tournament. He's the reason why they, they went to the dark tournament. Like it's because of him, it starts linking threads between his past with Genkai, uh, Genkai and Yusuke's student master relationship that kind of like layers over into this almost mother son relationship and how Tagoro even like can see Yusuke as a son in a weird twisted aspect and Yusuke in a weird twisted way looking up to Tagoro at some points up until you know the point where he realizes I don't want to be that guy 
and it, it, it's it just a lot of stuff like that. So if they tried to do a dark tournament now in the live action, it wouldn't it wouldn't be very good. And like if without Tagoro, and let's say oh well, Tagoro lives somehow, even though we saw him crumble into fucking dust. So uh, then it just kind of ruins the moments that they they used up in season one where where kuwabara you know takes the brutal injury and yusuke gets the power up and genkai's already dead and then i don't know maybe genkai will stay dead in the live action or maybe she'll come back maybe they'll have a mass fighter run around in season two and do weird shit only to reveal it's genkai and she lived but she already gave up her spirit wave orb so it's not like she can really like power down to her younger self or power up to her younger self i'm sorry so I, mm, it feels like they used him too early. Like I, I, I feel like they were playing it safe, but they were playing it a bit too safe. And that kind of sucks because I feel like they could have done better had they not been as afraid. I feel like they easily could have done the, with the way they were pacing things out, like kind of doing like whole arcs within one episode but it still kind of felt all right in that live action lens i feel like they easily could have done season one with the five episodes they had and maybe like you know it still would have felt a little too quick but it would have felt fine and i think it would have gone over better with especially with a lot of the more hardcore yu-yu fans but i'll talk about that towards the end um, another thing I really did not like, so the, the, the pacing and the way they played it too safe with these episodes, didn't really like very much. Uh, Genk, this goes hand in hand with that pacing thing, but episode three involving Genkai, the Genkai training, they go to her compound, they meet her. There is no Genkai tournament. Yusuke goes, Kuwabara goes for training because he wants to be stronger, which, which is cool and commendable and it does still feel very Kuwabara. But I did like the whole thing of like Kuwabara, you know, had always been psychic and they kind of use that on the live action, but very, very, very to a very lesser degree. Um, but he was going to see Genkai because he wanted her to use her technique to turn his his powers way the fuck down. He was tired of seeing ghosts and spirits and being spooked. And then he ends up doing really well in the early parts of the Genkai tournament, the Genkai selection. And then in his fight against Musashi, he gets his his spirit sword. And that's such a cool moment. That's such a cool culmination of things that have been happening to Kuwabara in the background of Yu Yu Hakusho. He hasn't really been a prominent main character yet. He's had its moments, especially in the manga, where it's just like, yeah, he's, he's that goofy rival Yusuke has. But oh yeah, he can also see spirits and it kind of spooks him out to the point where it's like, now I have a spirit sword due to due to my natural psychic affinity. And he starts really like fighting and it leads into his character arc of being a man and what it really means to be a man in terms of what he thinks and what his powers truly represent for him. And he has his best moments when he actually relies on his abilities and accepts the sixth sense and all that stuff rather than just brute force and swinging his spirit sort of around like a fly swatter except for the spirit fly swatter the legendary technique so it it is different because kuwabara actively goes there in the live action for training and they just train they just train there's no tournament and it's all in one episode 
and I think it's supposed to, you know, take place over time, but it's all in one episode. And uh, Genkai is personally training Yusuke. Ko Koema set it up so that she would do that. And they still have the established, like, background between her and Tagoro and the whole thing of, like, the Yonkin demon, or is it called, is his name Yonkin? I forget his name. The demon that killed all of Tagoro's students. It's, it's all told in visual, there's some visuals to it in the past, but it, it, it doesn't have as big of an impact because you don't know Tagoro and you damn well don't know anything about Genkai. So you don't really care as much, especially if you've never read or seen Yu Hakusho. So it feels really flat. And then Kuwabara in the background, his training is Genkai wants him to use wooden a wooden sword to split a boulder in half. So he just keeps thwacking this boulder with the wooden sword. And they keep breaking and he'll just get a new one. And he does that all fucking day. That's his training. So it's a little silly, but the thing I like about it, it shows uh, certain like actual aspects of Kuwabara's character in the anime and the manga. Like that tenacity to to not give up no matter how much of a beating he takes no matter how much he's brought down Kuwabara will get back up and it always like stuns his opponent one of Kuwabara's best traits is the fact that his opponents don't expect him to be so tough to not go down so easily like they're like we're gonna one and done this man and he has his goofy moments semi-finals of the dark tournament where he's just so easily manipulated into a loss but those, those moments, like, when even though he lost to Rinku in the tournament by technicality because he was wrung out, because Rinku was like, oh my god, this dude is still getting up. What the hell? Like, like Kuwabara always catches people off guard, and that in combination when the and the points in the story where he actually relies on his abilities are the best time for Kuwabara to thrive in a fight. <laughs> like... So the idea of Kuwabara, like, Yusuke thinks it's so stupid in the live action that he's just thwacking this rock, expecting to split it with a wooden sword. He's like, what an idiot. And it kind of represents Yusuke's idea of, like, if something gets too hard, like, I could just say I'm not trying and I can get out of it. I'm not putting my all into it. And something Genkai calls him out on. And they fast forward through a lot of that in the live action because it's only one episode. But there is this moment where Yusuke feels like, what the fuck, dude, this this sucks. And Genkai is like, well, then you can just go, you loser. And it's nighttime and he walks around and Kuwabara is still trying to break this rock. And he's like, dude, what the fuck, it's hopeless. And Kuwabara gives it one last victory screech and he, he splits it clean in half. And what does he have? His spirit sword. Now people are like, oh, it's blue. I'm like, yeah, they could have just made it the right color, but who cares? I thought it was a really solid moment for the live action. It felt very cool, Bara. I was like, hell yeah, boy, good job. And it's like, Yusuke's kind of more motivated at that point. Like, okay, well he didn't quit and this looked completely pointless. So what's my excuse? And he actually starts putting some effort into the training. But it like, again, it's very like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> and then Genkai can sense Tagoro is coming after Yusuke got the spirit wave orb, but he fires like a massive spirit gun. And she's like, yo, you guys gotta go. <laughs> like, and she just tells him, your training is done, leave. And then Tagoro shows up later that night, and he we don't even see the fight scene. 
he just kind of bulks up and then like he he off screen kills her we we see him pull up and then we see the aftermath of him leaving and like genkai's body just like in a crater after she got punched into oblivion so i mean she could be alive if they do a season two but if they don't and that's it yeah she fucking died right there in the same episode she was introduced in so again it's just like dude who cares who cares <laughs> Like, I don't know anything about this old lady in the live action. With with the anime and the manga, you get a whole introduction to Genkai, and you she's these she's this grouchy old lady. She doesn't care who wins her power. It could be Rando, and she would still train him because he won fair and square in her. Well, he not fair and square, but he did win. And then she trains Yusuke, calls Yusuke out on being half-assed. So that's his first lesson and his first hurdle. Then with Tagoro who he doesn't know has a link to Genkai, like threatens the life of him, his friends, and his family, he goes back to Genkai to complete his training. And Genkai's like, all right, oh, look who came back. And he's like, I'm ready to give it my all. I'm not gonna make excuses. I'm not gonna slack off. And you can see that growth in Yusuke, and you can see Genkai like, all right, yeah, I'll train you because she wants the best for him. And she also knows Tagoro personally. And it's still something Yusuke does not know yet. And so that linking, it's mm, it's so good. It's such good writing in the, in the anime and the manga. And the live action just kind of misses the point of that and just kind of speeds through it. So it's just like, I agree. It's so forced and rushed and kind of lazy. And they didn't need to do all that. Uh... I'm trying to remember if there's anything else. It's just kind of small details. The uh, Forlorn Hope <laughs> looks like a fucking tablet with black fuzzy effects. The The Shadow Sword is a dagger, and also that's how Hiei gets his Jaganai. He, he stabs himself. He cuts across his forehead with it, and it gives him the third eye, which is fucking silly. You could have just shown the Jaganai, and he could have like briefly brought up that it's like he wasn't born with it and it's like well what do you mean and he's being he so he's not going to tell you the full story about it and like if you get a season two then we can reveal more uh i already mentioned the pacing thing but once you get to the heggy neck island part for the yukina rescue while the fights were cool i'm like man you guys rushed this too fat like we already had yoko karama versus karasu we already had Hiei, Dragon of the Darkness, Flame, Full Power versus Bui without the armor. We had Elder Tagoro toying with Kuwabara. And we've had the big Yusuke versus Tagoro match. Like, it's it's all done. You just killed a lot of hype for stuff. So, it, it, that's why I'm, I'm very middle ground about it. Because for what they did do, it's serviceable in my opinion. It's fine, it's whatever, it's this alternate universe. If you watched it once and didn't like it, you don't ever have to touch it again. But I feel like they could have done more. So to close out before we leave, I just want to bring up, I think they definitely could have fit everything or mostly everything into season one, especially even, even if they were still only getting five episodes. I personally think they, they should have gotten eight. Like I believe the One Piece live action. I still haven't watched it. I know I'm lagging. Uh, but that was received pretty fucking well overall. And that has eight episodes for its first season. And I think it's the start of the story. 
to Arlong Park, which is still really early in the story, but that's a lot of fucking ground covered in eight episodes. You went from th the start of the story to Arlong Park? <laughs> that's the point in One Piece where I tell people, if you've been watching One Piece up to that point, and you get to Arlon Park, and you're not, like, vibing. You're not, like, this shit is cold when the Straw Hats... When when Luffy puts the hat on Nami, and he's like, let's go, boys. And Zoro, Sanji, and Usopp are like, yeah, we about to roll out. That shit is so hard. <laughs> and they fucking walk into Arlon Park and wreck house. Like, if you, if you don't like One Piece by that point... You're not gonna like One Piece. Stop watch. Stop watching it. Stop reading it. And I don't even tell people to watch up until watch or read up until that point, because that's still a good chunk of story. But if you're like okay with it, I say watch up until that part. And if you're not like hype as fuck at that point, it's probably just not for you. That's that's what I tell people. Don't don't go any further because it's probably just not for you. <laughs> but I remember being a kid and I was like, yeah, One Piece is cool. I like One Piece. But that, I always remember Arlong Park being the thing that really made me a fan. And I'm not like a super fan still. I have my gripes with One Piece, but I think One Piece is still fantastic. There's a reason why it's regarded as one of the best out there right now. And um, that arc is just so good. It's such a good early arc. Uh, <laughs> but um, I feel like you could have captured something similar to that if they had eight episodes. But let's say we only have the five i still think they could have done the spirit detective saga because they already did a good job with those first two episodes so let's say first episode stays the same and it leads up instead of like you know that original first case it's the thing with the parasite infecting that dude who's actually a nice guy um and yusuke you know getting his life back solving the problem i think episode one is fine they can leave it untouched episode two with uh what's his name um goki and karama is like the second half of it they they could have done all three of them honestly i feel like they if they chopped it up and did tighter writing with it and not drag certain parts parts out they could have done the three monsters thing all in one episode you didn't even have to have he do a full jagan eye transformation you could have just you know, wrote it in your live action story that he shows off the third eye and it's increasing his speed capabilities or something like that. And even doing like the, the Jagan Tai curse on Yusuke thing still to an extent. And you still could have just had that be the finale. Like the early portion is the encounter with Goki. And then you had the middle part being kind of like that breaking, that break point with Karama in the mirror. And then Karama mentions Hiei and then at that point, Karama knows Goki and he have already lost, so he kidnaps Keiko. And then we have the finale. But I will note, I did like what they did with how uh, they get Yusuke and company to go in encounter them in the live action on the Hanging Neck Islands. They, Elder Tagoro disguises himself as Hiei, kidnaps Keiko, makes sure Yusuke sees it, pisses Yusuke off. He goes to Hiei, who hasn't done anything to him since like that first encounter where he checks Yusuke. They have a fight. He doesn't know Yusuke's powered up. They're actually going blow for blow. Karama breaks it up, 
and he lets them know what's really going on. I thought that was cool. I thought that was a cool use of Elder Tagoro's powers, and I thought that was like a solid and believable way for Elder Tagoro to sow chaos between people. That's something he would do, and I thought that was really cool. I do like that. Again, I'd still rather them just adapt the Spirit Detective Saga. So, episode three, they could have done the Genkai tournament, just make the earlier portions kind of like a montage and getting to the fights, maybe make a shorter tournament fight, maybe establish it so that there's fights going around all throughout the forest that they went through. And then Rando's revealed at the end after Kuwabara's already had kind of like a W with his spirit sword and he gets checked. And then have Gen uh, Yusuke power up and beat him or something like that. Easily. If we're already rewriting things, rewrite them to fit the episode. Episode four, they uh, come back and it's a four Saint Beast deal. Let's say the insects have been spreading everywhere because the four Saint Beasts are causing havoc. And the, the, you could have easily just made the four Saint Beasts like four jobbers. You know what I mean? And it, it still could have done it in one episode. Maybe instead of going to their castle directly, they're in different they're in different sections of the city, like north, south, east, west kind of idea. So everyone splits up to fight them. So all four fights are happening at the same time. Kind of like how they were doing the fights and the things going on in uh, Hanging Neck Island simultaneously. And they could have done it in that aspect. And then the last episode could have been the Yukina Rescue or something like that. And you could have had an end credit scene where Yusuke is just making his way to school or he's just walking somewhere. And then Tagoro, the younger Tagoro pulls up. He's like, what's up, Yusuke? And he's just like scared shitless in that end season one or something like that. I f and the reason why I think they could have pulled this off is because they already were making changes. They were already doing differences. They were already cutting stuff, adding stuff, kind of rearranging stuff and working stuff around. So you could have made it fit. Again, I feel like they were playing it a bit too safe. Now, if they had gotten eight episodes like One Piece, and I'm not saying they chose not to have eight episodes, it probably could have just been a budget thing. But let's say they did get eight episodes like One Piece. I would do it as leave the first episode the same, make the three monsters arc uh, two episodes, so that's three episodes. Make Genkai Tournament two more episodes, so four, five. Make the four same beasts two episodes, six, seven. Yukina Rescue could have been one episode because that arc is always relatively short and then still have the same end credit scene. So you could have had one episode introducing it, three two episode arcs, and then like that epilogue arc concluding the Spirit Detective Saga and hinting at something more to come, that being the Dark Tournament. And if they had gotten like a full 10, like a Cowboy Beat, and the Cowboy Beat have 10 episodes, but you know what I mean, like a 10 episode situation, just make every arc two episodes, something like that, just to add the suspense or maybe even make episode 10 like that lead up, like Tagoro Returns anyway in episode 10. But I would have rather them take a, take a break for the season and hint at what's to come. And that's, I like, I feel like they had ways to make it work. I feel like they could have written it that way. I'm not saying I have all the answers, Sway. I'm just saying, in my opinion, I think it could have worked out. But that, that's it. That's all I have to say about it. So, uh, well, one last thing I'll say. In terms of personal enjoyment, I had a blast watching this show. But being objective and just looking at the show, I don't think it's terrible, but it's not very good. It's very okay. It's very decent, very in the middle. And 
hopefully if it does get a season two we can see some improvements and i'd be interested to see where they take this weird alternate telling of the story honestly i'm i'm down for the wacky ride there's a lot of like 90s feeling cheesy action movie show aspects to it that i think make it more fun so it, it's kind of cheesy in the best way possible it's very corny cheesy in the best way possible but that's it that's all i got to say about it uh, i might bring it up here and uh, now every now and then just just because but that those are my thoughts on the live action uh what did you think of the live action did you love it did you hate it were you somewhere in the middle like me let me know let me know in the comments please be respectful towards me and each other guys it's just a show it's not the end of the world uh but that's gonna do it for the ramen shop detective agency this time uh next time what will i be talking about i don't know yet you'll see when i get there also uh i'd love if you guys could support a story i'm writing called another random tale I'm doing script chapters now. I'm going to have a new chapter coming up every other Monday. So uh, chapter two, as of this recording, has been out for a few days now. I'll leave the link to that in the description as well as chapter zero and chapter one. So you can get a start on things. If you like to read that and let me know what you think, please do. And I'll also link like the world map, the timeline, terms and definitions, all that stuff. Something I've been working on for a long time. I've gotten some people reading it right now and letting me know how they feel about it going forward. The ultimate goal, eventually if I can get an illustrator and find, you know, a good way to keep them paid and get a nice working relationship going, move it on to making it a comic of some sorts. Uh, I would love for that, but that's the goal. So check it out. Let me know what you think. I'll leave the links down there. But other than that, that is going to do it for this episode of the Robin Shop Detective Agency. Thank you guys for tuning in. I have been Kyle, aka Hiccup, your host, and I will see you in the next one. Closing shop. Bye. Okay, now someone told me when it's coming That I could be a plushy cuddler with you or something A weighty blanket sipping chocolate neck and golden mummy A crunchy roll get cozy, my little story, what we watching? I know that you ain't wanna start the combo I see the way you look at me, the fireworks been starting Ruby red cheeks roasting marshmallows, how I feel this like it But Tashi ni wa koku, how